Hi, I'm Dr. Ted Spear, pastor of the Fundamental Baptist Church International in Boshane Kumasi. Today's sermon is going to be about three things you need to do to get God to hear your prayers. I hope you'll listen, and I think this will be a blessing and a help to you. Thank you. We're going to start today's message in Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 15. The Bible says, And when you spread forth your hands, I will hide mine eyes from you. Yea, when you make many prayers, I will not hear your hands are full of blood. So God is describing a situation where he's telling somebody, hey, when you come to me with your hands stretched out, and when we come to God with our hands stretched out, it's because we need something. We're, we're welcoming a blessing from God. God says, when you come to me with your hands out and you pray to me, he says, I'm not going to hear you. I'm not going to hear you. Then we read in the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, and verse 44. He says, Thou hast covered thyself with a cloud, that our prayer should not pass through. So the person talking here is talking to God, and they're saying, God, I can't get through to you. You're not listening to me. You're not hearing my prayers. You've covered yourself with a cloud, and my prayer can't get through. You've You've turned your ear away from me. God, you're not listening to me. I think that throughout history, people have, they know what this feels like. You probably have, have know what it feels like to, to, to think God's not listening to you. He's not hearing your prayers. He's not giving you what you want. And the message today is to try to help you understand why God sometimes will not hear our prayers. Why God sometimes will not grant us our request. And so I'm going to give you some thoughts today. I'm going to give you three things today from the Bible, uh, three reasons why sometimes God, uh, or three things we need to do to get God to hear our request. But first of all, we need to go through and look at these verses a little more carefully to see what's happening here. So we'll go back to Isaiah chapter 1 and in verse number 11. The Bible says this, God's talking to the people. He says, to what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices unto me? So God has a question for him. Basically, God is saying this. He's saying, look, can we, can we have a conversation? Can we reason with one another? I want to ask you a question. What's the purpose of your sacrifices? You keep making all these sacrifices to me. He says to them, I am full. I'm full. He said, I, have, I, am, I am full of your sacrifices. He says to them, I am full of the burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts, and I delight not in the blood of bullocks or of lambs or of he goats. Now, he's not saying that he doesn't delight in any sacrifice. What he's saying to these people, he says, you keep making all these sacrifices and it's not pleasing me. I'm full of it. I don't want, it. I don't want no more of your sacrifices. Let's keep reading verse 12. When ye come to appear before me, who hath required this at your hand to tread my courts? And then verse 13. Bring no more vain oblations oblations are offerings 
And he says, don't bring me any more vain oblations. That means offerings that are not worthy. They're not worthy offerings. Okay? Look in verse 14. Your new moons and your appointed feast, my soul hateth. They are trouble unto me. I am weary to bear them. Now, when he talks about new moons and appointed feasts, there are times throughout the year that the Jewish people would celebrate certain uh, holidays in commemoration of their history and in commemoration and in worship of God. They were holy days. And God said, I'm tired of them. I, it doesn't please me anymore. So, we can get to the point where we have made God not to want to listen to us, not to want to receive our sacrifices, and not to take any joy in our so-called worship. It says in verse 16, Wash you, make you clean. Put away the evil of your doings from before mine eyes. Cease to do evil. Now, I'm going to give you three things from this passage that you need to do to get God to hear your prayers. Because God is not listening to their prayers. And it's not because they don't belong to Him. It's not because they're not His people. It's because of something they're doing. It's not because they're not religious. It's not because they're not making an offering. It's not because they're not praying. It's not because they're not keeping certain holy days. But three reasons uh, why he's not listening to them. And three things you need to do so he will listen to you. So we go back to what he said in verse 16. He said, wash, make clean, put away evil. Cease to do evil. All of these words are basically saying the same thing. You need to turn from sin. He's saying, listen, you're a religious people. You know who God is. You know that I'm God. You know my name. You know that I want you to symbolize the coming Messiah in your sacrifices. You know that when you that that I have I have given you certain holy days to keep and feasts to keep to commemorate things that I've done in the past. But here's the problem. You don't hate sin. You see, I don't take joy just in your religious practices. But I take joy that when they mean something to you. God's saying, I don't take joy in just symbols, but I take joy in the fact that those symbols represent the fact that you're dedicated to me. If you're not going to turn from sin, if you're not going to be clean, if you're not going to put away from you evil doings, why would I be pleased with your sacrifices? Why would I be pleased with your prayers? Why would I be pleased with the keeping of these holy days? No, your mouth speaks of me, but your heart is far from me. You need to turn from sin. And listen to me, folks. I, I, I've said it before. I, I've said it on this broadcast before. But people accuse us. They say, oh, you people teach the salvation 
is free, it's by grace without works. No, we don't teach that, the Bible teaches that. Or I should say, we teach that because the Bible teaches that. That's God's message. That ain't my message, that's God's message. And people try to accuse us that, that we don't preach against sin. Oh, yes, we do, because the Bible preaches against sin. God saves you by grace because of your faith in Jesus Christ. And then he says to you, now, I'd like to hear your prayers. I'd like to be close to you, but you need to turn from sin. If you're not going to clean up your living, if you're not going to have some standards of behavior, if you're not going to separate between that which is holy and that which is unholy, I'm not going to hear your prayers. I'm not going to answer your request. When you stretch out your hands to me, I'm not going to hear. So see, God turns a deaf ear to us when we have an affinity, a love, a passion for sin and not a passion for God. Number two, what do you need to do to get God to listen to your prayers? Verse number 17 says this, Isaiah chapter 1 and verse number 17. Learn to do well. Seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the widow. The second thing we need to do to get God to hear us is we need to learn to do right. Learn to do that which is right in the sight of God. He said, learn to do well and seek judgment. When he says seek judgment, and that means we should want justice to be done. We, want the, we should want the right judgment to be given out. We, would, we want right to be rewarded and wrong to be punished. We need to seek justice. Obviously, to learn to do right, we have to give our ear to God's law. If we don't give our attention to God's law, to what God has said, then how can we learn to do well? We need to give our ear to the preaching of God's Word. I hope this is one of the reasons that you tune in to this broadcast is because we preach the Bible on this broadcast. And we're not trying to take the place of your local church, but we're trying to add to what you're learning in your local church. And we're also trying to reach the lost through this broadcast. And if you don't have a good local church to go to, I would implore you, I would beg you to find a Bible-preaching church that you can go to. And we can try to help you with that if you'll contact us. But let me just say, we don't have a church everywhere, but we have sister churches. We have men who preach like we do that we can recommend to you. They're not in every village, in every city, but there are some. Contact us. We'd like to help you with that. But you have to learn to do right. You got to get into God's word. You got to get under the preaching of God's word. You got to get into church. Get into Sunday school. Get into these places where you learn to do right. Be with people who do right, who can teach you to do right. Make friends with those who love God and love justice and love righteousness. This is how we learn to do right. The Bible says this in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9. He that turneth away his ear. From the hearing of the law, even his prayer 
shall be abomination. Now you say, Pastor, what's an abomination? An abomination is something that God despises. It's something God hates. It's something God that makes God sick. It's like, I hate that. Get that away from me. It's abominable to me. And our prayers can be abominable to God. Our prayers can be sickening to God. And that's what the person was saying when we started. It's like, God, you're not hearing me. You've, you've covered yourself with a cloud and my prayers can't get through. And God's saying, yeah, because I'm sick of you. Because I don't like to hear your prayers. Why? Because you have not learned to do well. You have not turned from sin I don't want to hear your prayer. Proverbs 28, 9 again. He that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, his prayer shall be an abomination. I do a lot of, I, I do a lot of marital counseling. And I find that oftentimes the big problem in our marriages, in our relationships, is we want the other person to listen to us, but we're not taking the time to listen to them. We want someone to straighten out our spouse, but we don't want to be straightened out. We want our spouse to do something for us, but we're not hearing what they want us to do for them. And any time in any relationship where you can stop and listen, to the other, it will help your relationship. And the same is true with God. People talk about prayer, talk about prayer, talk about prayer, talk about prayer. But prayer is just communication. And prayer is not the only way that we commune with God. We have to listen to God as much, if not more, than we talk to God. And if we're not going to listen to God, we're not going to know what sin is to turn away from. And we're not going to get God's ear. Because God says, when you turn your ear away from what I have said, then your prayer is an abomination. Do you feel like God's not hearing your prayers? One reason might be there's sin in your life. You need to get it out. And one reason you may have sin in your life is because you've turned away from His law. Get in the Bible. Read it every day. Study it. Memorize it. I have, I think, about 488 Bible verses that I have tried to put to memory. I, 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 most of them, uh, I, can, I can tell you every word in the verse. I might miss one word and then correct myself. But I have 488 verses put to memory. Why do I do that? Because God has said to make His law important. When I make God's life the law important, He makes He wants to hear what I want, what I want to say to Him. He wants to hear my prayer. And number three, I told you to give you three things you need to do if you want God to hear your prayer. Number one, turn from sin. Identify sin in your life. And turn from it. Number two, learn to do right. Learn what is right. 
Number four. We read Isaiah 117 again. It says, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, plead for the guilty. Now, when someone is oppressed, it means they are under a lot of pressure. Usually when someone is oppressed, someone who has authority and power is hurting them, doing wrong to them. And we're to give relief to those people, to those who are oppressed, those who are being pushed down, those who are being shoved aside. We're to give relief to them. We're to care for them. It says we're to judge the fatherless. What does that mean? Well, it means we're to do right by the fatherless. We're to make sure that justice is done to the fatherless. Who are the fatherless? The fatherless are the vulnerable among us. Those who don't have a father looking out for them, taking care of them. God says, you care about the fatherless. That's why we have an orphan ministry in our, in our church, because we want to try to care for the fatherless. Plead for the widow. The widow is the lady who's lost her husband. She's lost her provider. She's lost her breadwinner. And God said, you be good. You plead for the widow. You care for the widow. Basically, what God is teaching us here is to help the needy. Help the needy. Anytime in the Bible when God wants to give us a picture or a symbol or, or a representation of the needy, He generally talks about the fatherless and the widow. And He's teaching us a lesson to care for those among us that are needy. What do you do for the needy of your community? What do, you, what do you do for those who don't have it as, as well as you do? God watches how we treat people who cannot reciprocate back to us. God watches how we treat people who can't turn around and help us. God watches what we do for those who can't benefit us. God doesn't want us to be a respecter of persons. You know, in life, so many people, they find out if you can help them, if you can benefit them, then they'll be there serving you. They'll be, they'll be seeing how they can help you. But the needy who can't do anything for us, God says, what about them? You want me to hear your prayer? You need me. You stretch out your hands to me in prayer. You lift up your voice to me in prayer. And you wonder why I don't hear you. It's because those among you stretch out their hands to you. And lift up their voices to you. You don't hear them. Why should I hear you? That's a powerful truth. In our church, every Wednesday night, we take up an others offering. We give to an offering so people in need, if someone comes to our church and they have a need, and it's legitimate, that we have something we can try to help them with. Now, we can't help everybody, but we try to have a system where we can help people in need. Yesterday, I was at my office, 
and a man came by to visit me. My secretary told me who it was. He said his name was Rudolph. And I had forgotten who Rudolph was, and I was busy with some appointments. And I finally got, got done with my appointments, and uh, I went into the waiting room. And Oh, I forgot. Rudolph is waiting on me. So I realized who Rudolph was. Rudolph was a man who had been in prison. And a few, about six weeks ago, he had been released from prison and he didn't have anything. He had been watching this television program while he was in prison. And he got out of prison. He didn't know where to go. He didn't know how to get home. He didn't have any money. He said, you know what? I think I'll try to find that church I've been watching on TV. So he found his way to Beauchene where we're located. And when he got to this area, he saw me driving my car. He recognized me driving, and I didn't see him. And so he followed after me, and he asked people, and he found my house. And he knocked on my gate. I came to the gate, and I said, who's there? He said, my name is Rudolph. I just got out of prison. I've been watching you on TV. I saw you driving your car. I followed you here because I need your help. I need help. I need to get back to my village. I don't have anything. I brought Rudolph into my house. I preached the gospel to him. I told him about the, the love of Jesus Christ, how Jesus died for him and rose from the dead. He trusted Jesus Christ as a Savior. Our church gave him some money to get back to his village and, and also to, to get some food to eat. He called me a few weeks later. He said, Pastor, uh, I need, I need some help. Can you, can you give me 60 CDs to, to start a shoe shine business so I can care for myself? I said, you know what? Yeah, I can help you with that. Yesterday, he came by to see me. He was in Kumasi, and he needed some help again with something. This is not a guy who's just trying to get money out of me. He sincerely had another need. He pulled the track out of his pocket, the gospel track out of his pocket that I had given him six weeks ago. It had been torn. It was worn. It had been used. He said, Pastor, I've been sharing this truth with many people. But every time I want to share it with them, they want to look at it and they handle it so it gets worn. He said, can you give me some more tracks so I can share the truth with you? I said, yes, I can. And I helped Rudolph, gave him some tracks. I don't tell you that story to, to make myself sound like I'm some great person. That's not the point. My point is this, a man watched this program in prison and when he got out and he had nothing, he said, where am I going to go? And he came here and I thank God that we helped him and that he found out that we're not just a ministry who preaches to everybody, that just lifts up his hands toward God but they were lifting our hand out to the needy. You listen to me. You be careful how you lift up your hands to God and want God to provide for you. And you're not caring for those that are looking to you and saying, I have a need. Now, we can't always help everybody. We're limited. God is not. But we can help somebody. We can help somebody. You want God to hear your prayers? Turn from sin. 
Listen to God. Learn to do well from His law. And number three, don't lift up your hands to Him in need when you ignore those who lift up their hands to you in need. I hope that helps you because God doesn't just hear everybody's prayer and answer. He hears the prayers of those who follow what you've heard today in this sermon. Thank you. If we've been a blessing to you, please, we'd like to hear from you. If you have a question for us, we'd like to hear from you. We'd like to know that we're making a difference. So if you could just give us a shout out, say, hey, I watched the program. Thank you. That We would appreciate. That would encourage us. Thank you for watching the Fundamental Hour. God bless you.